0: Okay, thank you everyone uh, for coming back for uh, another shear. So we discuss, we're discussing the incredible teaching of Reb Chaim Vital that a person's midos are measured by how he treats, how he treats his wife. That's for a, a, a man. And the lesson behind that is because that's who the person really is how he treats his wife reflects his real character because like we said, it's L'shem Shemayim. It's not for honor. It's not for ulterior motives. It's for Hashem. It's because it's the right thing. And as well, it requires a lot of inner work. It's, you can't just fake it. You can't just pretend you have to really work on yourself to work on your anger, work on your attitude and really develop yourself in order to be a a good husband. And the same thing, if that's the idea, the same thing would apply uh, to a woman as well. Her midos as well uh, would seem to be measured by, by how she treats her husband. So this, this is a very important lesson besides a midos lesson, but as a shem, when you're married, it's a very important lesson that you should prioritize uh, the way you treat your husband over, even over other, other relationships, because this is really where your avodah lies. This is really where you're working on yourself, perfecting yourself lies. When when a person's living a life of a show, that I just try to be nice to others, that people should like me. I just want to look good, but I don't really care about what Hashem thinks. I don't really care about my true character. So. Obviously, when it comes to marriage, it's, it's going to come out. Uh, you're not going to be on the same display, on the same trying to uh, be nice uh, to your husband. Because, the sh- you know, you're not, you're not on show anymore. And very often we can convince ourselves. Um, for example, let's say your husband forgets something that you need to prepare for Shabbos. And you're having guests coming over. and You'll get upset at your husband that he forgot that, and now, now you're not going to be able to serve the guests properly. It's 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 embarrassing. Um, it's not it's not kavod. We become very become very religious all of a sudden as we we lace lace into our husband for forgetting. Um, but that's only if we are not being real. That's only if we're not truly. Uh, working on ourselves and in touch with, with what, Hashem uh, that what Hashem wants. Is that what Hashem wants? Is that really why you're doing this? You're, you're angry, it's justified. You're angry because hachanas is orchem, etc., etc. No, you're angry because you are upset your husband forgot. You're angry because you won't look so good in front of your guests. But somebody who's focused on hakadosh baruchu, on Hashem, thinks more about how does Hashem want me to respond is this what Hashem wants? Be'as uh, is Hashem, you're a mother and you have, have many children and you're around the Shabbos table and you have guests and the children are, are misbehaving. And how do parents respond? If the parents are focused and worried about the guests, so they often overreact and often mishandle their children. How many times parents with children Rahman struggling Uh, in Yiddishkeit, and the way the parents deal with them is all about what the neighbors are going to say. You can't go out like that because what are the neighbors going to say? Because again, that person is not real enough to be focused on what Hashem wants. What's best for my children? How does Hashem want me to handle this? They're only thinking it's not going to look good. And then we convince ourselves. We convince ourselves it's a mitzvah. We convince ourselves it's not about us. But if we truly are in touch with ourselves, Starting starting now and focus on, on Hashem and focus on truly getting to know why we're doing things and, and focus on perfecting our character, it is invaluable in, in our relationships, invaluable in, in every single aspect of our life. Understanding this idea of Reb Chaim Vital will continue going forward. We're still in the, the second chapter, and we're not gonna do every part of it, but Highlight some ideas. uh, We differentiate between midos and and manners. That midos and manners are two different things. Manners are important. I have to work on my manners. Are important, but manners are not the end all and be all of what a person's about. There are people that have very fine manners and come across very polished and polite, Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that behind. That show they are really good people. People uh, in public could be very, you know, hold open the door for everybody and be all cordial and be all nice. Um, but they come home. That's not how they are with their family because they're not really nice people. They're just trying to get somewhere and they're trying to look good. It helps them. They feel good. Maybe it helps them uh, move up in, in, in work and business. But they're not really good people. And uh, not, Non-Jews, very often people will find that they're non-Jews in their workplace that seem to be so kind and polite and thoughtful and nicer than some of their other workers that, that are Jewish. Um, and I'm not, saying, I'm not saying it's not possible that a, a non-Jew could have you know good midos and could really work on themselves. I'm not saying they can't have good midos. I'm not saying they cannot have better midos than a Jewish person. But we do have to remember that it doesn't mean that the non-Jew at work is truly a nicer person than the the Jew at work, because the the non-Jew is is nicer, holds open the door, is more thoughtful, and the Jew maybe is not as refined on the outside. That doesn't define uh, the the, the person's character, all of the person's character. How does the person act when they get home? What, which person would you trust with your money? Which person would you trust with your money? Who would you trust with your money? Who would you trust with things that are important? These questions are far more significant than, than the outer, the externals, uh, of the person's behavior. Now, I'm not saying they're not important. And certainly, if we are uh, act in rude, in rude ways, that's probably a sign that we need to work on our inside as well. But it's just important to differentiate because so many times we judge people who are somewhat flawed in all of their social etiquette but they really have a lot of tremendous mylas there's a lot of good there they would never stab someone in the back they never take revenge they're really good people with a lot of mylas the things that really count they need some brushing up on the outside and on the opposite there are people that look really good on the outside but that's not doesn't mean that's who they are that's not, not uh, they're not really worked on, developed people who really treat their family in the, in the right way. So it's good to understand the difference between midos and, and manners. You know, a muscle to this is you take a house. If you, as sham, you buy a house, so you could go to a house and the house looks like a wreck and needs new carpet and needs painting and it looks so terrible and you don't wanna buy the house because uh, it looks so terrible. And then someone tells you, you know, it's really the house is not bad, that everything structurally is fine. It needs painting, it needs new carpet, it needs some things to improve it, but it'll cost you a few thousand dollars and this house is good to go. Many people though will will walk away from the house because they just can't get over what they're seeing. And then you have another house that looks so beautiful and everything is so pretty. And uh, You bring in an engineer, and you find out there's some real structural problems that will cost you tens of thousands of dollars to fix. Maybe irreparable, irreparable damage, tremendous damage. It looks all pretty. So many times, the same thing. We have to look at Nidos as, as the structure of the person. The, that's the most important part. Again, the honesty, the way they deal with their family, the, the, real, the real things that count. And the other, the externals, the, the social etiquette, the manners, although they're important, but we have to realize that doesn't necessarily reflect. That may just be, okay, needs some carpet, needs a little touching up. It's, not, it's, it's a problem. Don't get me wrong. It's a problem. You have to look good. You have to look good. You have to be fine. You have to make a kiddush Hashem. You have to be uh, polite 100%. But you can't get fooled and just judge somebody and judge just by the superficials. It's a very, very important uh, idea. We bring this out with a very powerful story. I believe I first heard this story from, from my Rabbi Ray Brown uh, Shlita. Um, I, I later saw this story in one of my friends' um books. Um I assume Ray, so the story goes as follows. The there was a, a person, a khash of a person learning it in Slotka. His name was Rav Avram Elia Kaplan, a Talmud of the altar Slobatka. And he apparently had left Slobodka and spent some time in Germany. And then came back to yeshiva. And the altar was asking him to, to tell him a little bit about how the Germans conduct themselves. And he responded that they, they really seemed to have excellent midos. And he gave an example. He said if the Germans will give you uh, directions, if, they'll tell you, if you ask them for something and they'll tell you Let's say directions, they'll end off with the words nicht war. Nicht war, if you don't know German, means is it not so? Is it not so? So you ask the person, uh, how do I get here? So he says, make a left and then a right. Nicht war. Is it not so? What's, the, uh, what's, a, what's the, the idea behind that? The idea behind that is like it's a certain humility, it's a certain nice way. Instead of just telling the person, you make a left, you, you make a right, you tell them, is that not so? Do you, do you agree with me? You know, so it's a nice, it's a nice way to end off the statement. Like a Rebbe who says to the bacher, you know, I think this is a Pshat, you know, is it not right? Do you, do you agree? So the students in the Sabbat yeshiva were debating. I don't know what the author himself said, but the students in the Sabbat were debating whether this was a good practice or not. Should we maybe adopt that practice and say Nikhtuar? And some of them, including Rav Yitzhak Kutner, Roshiva of Chaim Berlin, later later on in his life, so Rav Yitzchak Kutner's argue that we don't learn middos from from non-Jewish people. We don't learn their from their behavior, from their conduct, and we sh- we don't copy it, even though it seems like a nice nice little thing, not a not you know ma'akev, not something you have to do, but we don't even copy that that little touch. So another Bachar said, Bachazal say, as you were all thinking. If you don't already know, you may have learned it. This, but, who is a wise person? Someone that learns from, from everybody. So if they have something good and something that's worthwhile, so so we should we should learn from that. I don't know what transpired afterwards, but that was the, the, the discussion that went on. About 50 years later, Rav Huntner was delivering a shear in Chaim Berlin when an elderly person came into the room. He sat on the side and waited until the end of the year, At which point he approached Rav Huttner and he asked him, do you remember me? Don't you remember me? And he said, he went on to tell him that he was the bachar that was arguing that we should learn from the behavior of the Germans. Rav Huttner extended his arm his, his arm, his hand, I'm sorry, to give him a shalmelechah. But then he soon realized that, that sadly the visitor, this person, did not have an arm. And he said, I lost my arm in the concentration camps. And I want to tell you when the Nazi chopped off my, cut off my arm, he said, it hurts you. It's very painful. You were right. I was wrong. How is it possible? How is it possible? The Nazi is torturing someone else, torturing the Jew and he says nikhwar is it not so the answer of course is is because nikhwar maybe whoever originated it although i don't want to give them so much credit but who maybe whoever originated it you know had a good thought had a good intention in it but it soon became it soon became that's the way they talked that was the style the style was that when you said something you said nikhwar became a habit that was the that was the way they spoke but it, it didn't mean anything. It was superficial. It didn't mean anything about about their meadows. Didn't mean anything about about their character. And as as we saw, as we saw with the Germans, the Germans were, were known to I don't know what it is today, but they were known very proper. Very proper, very fine. Again, but that was superficial. That's not their essence. That doesn't mean because a person acts very proper and fine on the outside, it doesn't mean that they are a really kind person. If you want to know if they're a kind person, you have to know how they treat their family, how they treat their children, how they how they treat people, how they treat people that need help. What would happen if somebody did something against them? Would they take revenge? Are they honest? There's so many important questions to, to look into besides the the outside, I've, I've seen this in my own life, people that come across very suave, you know, very suave and very, very fine on the outside. But then you get to see that there's a lot of show there. There's a lot of fake there. And that's, that's not what we're, it's not what we're shooting for over here. You know, we're talking about uh, the Nazis. I think this connects to another idea, which is, which is coming up. And that is that, that our, our midos, our character, has to come from HaKadosh Baruch. It has to become because Hashem said so. The Pasuk says, You should love your friend like yourself. This week's Parsha. Parsha is You should love your friend like yourself. I am Hashem. Because you don't just love somebody else and you're not just kind to somebody else because it's so nice, you feel bad, but it's because Hashem says so. Now let me be clear. I don't mean that you shouldn't be moved and care about someone else. The Torah says, don't harden your heart. You should care about the poor person. But listen carefully to what I'm saying. You care about the poor person because Hashem says so. Not I just give the poor person because Hashem says so. I care about the person because Hashem says so. I love someone else because Hashem says so. If you already have it inside of you before you became focused on Hashem, so you'll continue to do it because Hashem said so. But if a person will take that away, if a person takes away the Ani Hashem, he's not working for Hashem, he just feels it's really nice to do this, someone who who doesn't believe in Hashem, doesn't believe in Torah, and he just says, you know, it's the right thing to do, it's really nice, that person has no anchor. That person cannot be trusted because ultimately it could all fall apart very, very easily. How is it possible? How is it possible? Nazis, they weren't born Nazis. They weren't born murderers. But, but you see how, how, how sad and how crazy it is, how people could get swept up and not, not, not excusing them. But, I, but if, if, if Hitler Shema did not come along, most of these people would not have been killing Jews. It's pretty, pretty uh, safe to assume that. Someone comes along and, and captures the people, and people get caught up in a crazy frenzy, hard to understand how, 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 how people could, could do this. The people become trapped, into the, caught, I shouldn't say, trapped, caught into this frenzy, and they become murderers. Because who's telling them? Who's telling them not to murder? They don't have a Torah. They don't have a Torah. They don't have a Torah that tells them what's right and wrong. Everything that we do is, about, is from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Even our compassion. Chazal tells us that anyone who has mercy on the cruel, in the end, he'll be cruel on the merciful. Chazal bring out from Agag. Sheol had mercy on Agag. He didn't kill him, he had pity on him. And Chazal say, what happened with Shaul at the end? At the end, Shaul became a cruel person. Shaul, the great king, killed the entire city of Naive, of Kohanim. Unbelievable, he had mercy on Agag, who was a murderer, the king of Amalek. And then later on, he himself kills out a whole city of Kohanim because they helped Tavon HaMelech. And Chazal say, that's what happens if you have mercy on the cruel, then you'll end up being cruel on on the merciful. And I think the Peshat and the Chazal is, because if you're not anchored by Hashem, Shul was not anchored by Hashem. Shmuel told him to kill the entire Amalek. So what does it mean for Sheol not to listen to Hashem and say, I have compassion on a God? That means he's following his own ideas. I feel bad for him. Once you're disconnected from the Taira, anything could happen. Once you're disconnected from the Taira, even though it looks innocent because I feel bad, anything could happen. Just to give you some practical examples, people are saying, and Hara, I feel bad stopping them. I feel bad even trying to change a conversation. You feel bad? but what does Hashem want you to do? Find out what Hashem wants you to do. If Hashem wants you to stop the conversation, you stop the conversation. And I'll tell you, just simply, you can understand it. We don't need to understand it, but it's easy to understand. Why are you feeling bad for these people? Why are you not feeling bad for the person that they're speaking about? He's the victim. I remember my old days in yeshiva, if something got stuck in the candy machine, you'd have somebody that would pick up the machine, shake it a little bit, and try to knock it out. You know, it's very, very uh, distressing when, you, when your candy gets stuck in the machine, trying to get back that money, or you have to buy another one and end up with two, yeah. I don't know if any of you are familiar, if you have the girls that have the candy machines in their schools. But, um, so some people would shake the machine. Um, and I don't know if I did it every time, but I know sometimes I would go over to the kid, and tell him, you know, don't stop, please stop, please stop shaking the machine. I didn't want to be the mean older bacher to tell the guy, you know, please stop shaking the machine. Maybe sometimes I was really nice and pulled out a dollar and said, here, I'll buy, I'll buy another one. Maybe I didn't do it. Maybe I'm just imagining that I was such a nice person. But, but, I, I, but I said, you know, maybe please stop shaking the machine. You know, I didn't say maybe. I said, please stop shaking the machine. Because my job is to protect that person whose machine is getting broken by someone who's not acting right, okay, he doesn't realize, you know, he's young, but that's my job. And if I don't do it because, well, I feel bad, I don't want to say anything, well, that's not following Hashem. And once you're not following Hashem, your, your, your midos are not anchored by the, by the, by the Ratzon of HaKodesh Baruch Hu. Sometimes following Hashem's will means, means doing something which will not be, you know, so loved at that time. But, but that's, I'm working for Hashem. And again, I, I want to be the nicest person in my heart, but that's also because Hashem wants me to be a nice person in my heart. Everything has to be because this is this is what Hashem wants from me. If a person finds if a person says, "Well, it's not nice," and Hashem says otherwise, then you're 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 arguing. You're arguing with Hashem, you know. And you know, there's some mitzvahs that may be hard for us to understand, like killing the the seven nations and Artystru. There's some things, that killing Amalek, maybe we don't understand. But just because we don't understand that we should ever say it's it's it's. We should ask. I don't understand. But to, to argue with Hashem, that's that's something else. If Hashem says it, it's nice. If Hashem says it, it's the nicest thing and the sweetest thing in the world. dar Dar the 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 ways of Torah are sweet and its paths are peaceful. Everything Hashem does, everything that's in the Torah is sweet. Sometimes you don't see it right away. It's a path, yet. You have to get to the end of the road. But if you don't follow that road, if you follow your own road of what you think is nice and what you think is sweet, then you could end up in a ditch. You could end up, uh, you know, when you don't listen to ways, when you don't listen to ways, you usually, you're usually going usually to get lost. You know, usually, usually they're right. By Hashem, Hashem is always right. It's not, it's not maybe. Um, okay, thank you. Let's, let's look at some questions. Um, Okay, what is one supposed to do if their parents speak Lashon Hara and you don't want to stop them because you feel bad, It's it's disrespectful, but you want to stay true to the Torah? Ooh, that's such a tough question. I was just learning, um, Chav Yitzchayim says that, um, you know, obviously, if your parents ask you to say Lashon Hara, you're not allowed to tell them. But now if your parents are speaking Lashon Hara, it's a good question. I think, I think that Allah I think the Allah is that you have to try to do something anyways. You just gotta, I think you have to do something, I think you have to do something in the nicest way possible, which is something like, you know, maybe we could talk about something else. Um, you know, you have to do it in the nicest way possible, but I believe you do have to do something. I'm not saying I'm perfect and I ever, and I ever get, always get this right, but the truth of the matter is, we should try, we really, sh- really should try to speak up. Um, what do you know? What do you, what if you know you if you stop someone they'll they'll take it the wrong they'll take it will get taken the wrong way? Um, it's a good question. Um, you know that 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 depends. If you feel that giving them the musr is gonna if you tell giving them the musr is gonna cause them to act worse. See Lashanara is different, because I think Lashanara it's not just about it's not just about um, stopping the person from sinning. when, I, when you hear someone else saying Lashana, I think you have to also it's more about protecting, also protecting the victim of their words. Like the machine that was being shaken, the person's being damaged. You have to, you have to try to get it, stop it. Um, in, terms of, in terms of, let's say, a sin that doesn't involve someone else getting hurt, somebody is chas is, v'sham's uh, um, eating not kosher. Should you say something, if you're saying something is going to aggravate the person and, and, and turn him away from Yiddishkeit because of it, then probably you should not say something. Um, but you know, different cases are are different. Um, oh, interesting question. If someone's wearing shotness, one of my favorite topics. If someone's wearing shotness, um, he has to take it off in public if because Hashem said so. Um, is that? I guess that's a statement, not a question. Um, yes. If a person realizes they're wearing shotness, but I will tell you, this probably will never happen because it's unlikely that you get yourself tested for shotness while you're wearing the clothing in public. If you're not sure, if someone comes over to you and says, you know, maybe it's shotness, then you don't have to take off your clothing. Um, and, and if you know someone else is wearing shotness, do not, do not tell them, uh, you don't have to tell them until they get home. But, um, but that's just, an, you know, that's an example really of, uh, of having to put yourself out, uh, embarrass yourself for, for Hashem. Um, Oh, that's a good question. How does one ensure that the person is dating as good midas as it's not good just good manners or learned behaviors that's a very good question. Um, I was thinking about that I was I was talking dating is really hard um, be honest i tell i tell I tell the bakram tell the guys that you know you don't really know what you're getting when you when you uh, date a, when you marry a girl because you, you know you know how, how do you know they're, they're mitos i mean what, what is someone going to do on a date? be rude and let's say you uh, Let's say you accidentally, um, you know, step on their foot, or you accidentally spill on them. You know, they're on a date. They're going to start yelling at you. It's like, oh, yeah, it's fine. No problem. I mean, everyone's on, everyone's on best behavior. So how are you, how you going to know is a tough question. You know, the short answer is you don't, but trust Hashem that if, if Hashem sent you Hashem sent you this guy and he looks like a really nice guy and you did your research, um, then you could rely you could on that. Um, but there are other answers, and the other answer is, is again, I'm not saying this is a, a ma'akev. You know, I'm a little biased to musr, but I'll tell you one thing: if you know, if if you do find out, if you know that this that this that this Bachar is into Musar and is into working on himself, I would def, you definitely could feel a lot more comfortable because he at least it's on his. He may have a lot more work than you realize. But at least he's in that parish, he's in that zone. There's a person that's growing. If a person, you know, is, is, you know, I'm not saying not to marry a guy because he's not into mussar. He may just be a really nice guy who's not who wasn't exposed to to mussar. Uh, you'll expose him. But, uh, but you know, but I, one who learns mussar, one who's into working out, perfecting himself, is 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 definitely a, a good sign. There are other things to look for. Um, other things to look for is his relationship with his family. Again, there are exceptions. Maybe his family is, is crazy and insane, and he just miraculously is, you know, super normal. But um, you know how he talks about his family, how he has his relationship with his mother, his father, his siblings. These are these are important things to look for. I mean, if if he you know doesn't get along with his mother and father, and the way he talks about his friends, this one's no good. That one's good. You have to listen very very carefully to the nuances of people dating. If if you're just following the big picture, um, it's going to be really hard to tell. You listen to nuances of how the person talks, the refinement, how they talk about someone else, and this and that, and I want to tell you, you still don't know. I know stories where people were engaged and then found out, you know, the guy slipped. A lot of times, broken engagements, the guy slipped, and after he's engaged, he thinks it's all locked up, so he starts to slip, or she starts to slip, and, uh, and they start to realize, you know, it's not what, they, not what they thought they were getting. The person didn't realize they had, to, they had to put on a show for just another few more weeks. Baruch Hashem, they expose himself. but... Uh, It's not, it's a good question. And that's why, you know, it's important to to really keep your eyes open and, you know, do your best to research and and then we trust Hashem. Okay, one last question. I'm really sorry. These questions are so good. What about, I I really want to like save all these questions, you know, one day it gives me me things to write about for uh, to write another save. What about We have a very intelligent group here. So, we're gonna talk about that, that topic, that the outside influences the inside. Um, the short answer as we will discuss, I think, but the short answer is if that's your goal, that you, you want to get to your inside, then then you're in good you're a good place. If your goal is to get to the inside, this goes by Mitosha. Lolishma, b'alishma. I've been speaking about in, in my Buddha series. Um, if, if 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 your goal is to get to the end result, then you're in good shape. But many people, there is no, there is no plimius. There's no chitzonius or reverse plenius. There's chitzonius for the sake of chitzonius. Just chitzonius for the sake of chitzonius. Uh, any drive, and any any desire for premius, then that will not apply, and you could be a faker, uh, be a faker, uh, faker your life, you know. So um, I'm gonna take. I'm gonna do one more again. Nobody should insult it. I have not. I've, there's this all random. I'm just flipping. Um, we. once how can we expect non-Jews to care about other people? Um, it's it's not including the Zion mitzvahs. It's a good question. Um, first of all, I don't really expect anything from non-Jews because you know I don't I don't have a I don't have I don't I don't teach non-Jews, um, so I don't know if we have to expect anything from them. But if you want to know if a non-Jew is obligated to care about somebody else, you know it is a big Christian uh, preaching to love your neighbor. Of course, everything they have is just ripped straight out of the Torah. But um, I will say there are opinions that hold that a, a non-Jew is obligated in mitzvah sichlios, that anything that someone could figure out on their own that's logical, even not from the seven mitzvot, some, some rishonim I believe, hold that a non-Jew is obligated. So basic decency, basic uh, giving maybe giving charity, caring about somebody else, um, helping somebody else, some some rishonim hold that a non-Jew is obligated because it's logical, even though it's not one of the seven, the seven, um, the seven mitzvot. Um, I want to. Uh, okay, we'll, we'll stop for now. Again, feel free to repost questions or email or email me, um, you know, or email me KestML4gmail.com. I try to get to the to, to them as as best as I can. Um, thank you very much for joining. I, I, am, I am very grateful to you. Um, For joining live even if it may be convenient to listen afterwards but i really will not enjoy talking you know to the wall for for you know it won't be good if i don't have uh, people on listening in the first place and i do believe you gain more um hearing it here being together uh, in person if you call this in person okay have a great have a great night thank you